Turn your Bibles to Hosea, Hosea chapter 1. The title of this morning's message is The Promise of Mercy's Light. Promise of Mercy's Light. I want to look at uh, who are the sons of the living God and what that means. And with that, who are the, or who is the number of the sons of Israel that cannot be measured? So in Hosea 1, we get going, titled, The Promise of Mercy's Light. Look at who are the sons of the living God and what that means and who is the number of the sons of Israel that cannot be measured. And I want to show how God still has His light shining for all to come to Him. And we're going to see that through this text. And in this opening up those few things, we're going to see who this one leader appointed is and how great the day of Jezreel will be. So look at who the sons of the living God are and what that means and who's the number of the sons of Israel that cannot be measured. And I want to show how God still has his light shining for all to come to him. And in unpacking that, those three points, we're going to see who is the one leader appointed and how great the day of Jezreel will be. So let's pray and ask the Lord to come mightily. Father God in heaven, we thank you so much for your spirit that is in us. We thank you for sealing us for the day of redemption for all who believe in you, Lord. For we are prone to wander but God, you are faithful to draw us back to yourself and deliver us from evil, deliver us from ourselves, and deliver us from the worldly things that just pull us and distract us, God. Do that right now for us, Lord. Remove the distractions that are on our hearts and minds, Lord, and fix our eyes upon Jesus, the word of life that became flesh. Help us to see and behold wonderful, glorious truths about you, Lord, that would draw us nearer to you, that would cause us to be in awe of you and desire to delight in you ever so more for all eternity, Lord. So God, come, do a mighty work in us. Wash us and cleanse us in the word. Revive us and restore us in your word. And God Almighty, be magnified right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So let's read all of Hosea chapter 1. Hosea chapter 1. Read this with me. The word of the Lord which came to Hosea the son of Beri during the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the days of Jeroboam the son of Joash, king of Israel, when the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take to yourself a wife of harlotry and have children of harlotry. For the land commits flagrant harlotry, forsaking the Lord. So Hosea went to Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. The Lord came to Hosea and said, Hosea, name him Jezreel. For yet a little while, and I will punish the house of Jehu for the bloodshed of Jezreel. I will put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. And on that day, I will break the bow, or the strength, of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. 
Then she conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. The Lord said to Hosea, name her Lo-Ruhamah. For I will no longer have compassion on the house of Israel that I would ever forgive them. But I will have compassion on the house of Judah and I will deliver them by my hand, by the Lord their God, and will not deliver them by bow, by their own strength, or by a sword or a battle, or horses or horsemen. When she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she conceived and gave birth to his son. And the Lord said to Hosea, name him Lo am I, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. Pause. Just stop. Put, look, look, up, look up here for a second. Just, just hear that. Just pause. I, I heard a story uh, of a Macedonian king. Macedonian king. You guys might know him. I wasn't much of a history buff. I was buff, but not a history buff. I, I wasn't all into history, but I heard a story of a Macedonian king named Alexander the Great. You heard of him? He had a very different way to do things. He, he observed a very singular custom in his method of carrying on war. Whenever he encamped around a city, a fortified city that he was about to just besiege and take over, he caused to be set up a great lantern which was kept lit day and night. Just kept this lantern lit day and night. It was a signal to the besieged city for all who could see it from this city that he was about to siege. It was a signal to them and it meant that as long as the lamp is burning, they had time to save themselves by surrender. As long as that lantern was lit and they saw it, there's still time for they, they could save themselves by surrendering to Him. But once the light should be extinguished, the city and all that were in it would be irrevocably given over to destruction. And the conqueror, Alexander the Great, he kept his word with terrible consistency. He did what he said he would do. The light was out and he came and destroyed. God is faithful. God cannot deny himself. God is more faithful than any human king that ever lived or ever will live and he will keep his promise. He will not deny himself. And I want to just say this right off the bat. He's kept the lantern burning. He promises punishment, no compassion. You're not my people. I'm not your God. And I'm telling you right now, he's left the light lit. The lantern is lit right after he pronounced judgment of the sort that Jehu delivered on the house of Ahab. After Lo Ruhamah, God said, I'm not going to have compassion on you. I'm going to show compassion on the house of Judah. Right after he, the third child was born, Hosea 
from, to, to Gomer the harlot. He says, lo am I, God totally disowns Israel altogether. There's no hope. There's, there's no hope right there. There's no deliverance right there. They've been abandoned, forsaken. They've been besieged. <laughs> they were a fortified city, now they're besieged. But there's a light. There's a light. Because God has promised them the mercy of covenant love. Look at Hosea 1, verses 10 and 11. This is God's light. He's still shining. Yet the number of the sons of Israel, they will be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And in the place where it was said to them, you're not my people, it will be said to them, you are the sons of a living God. And the sons of Judah and the sons of Israel will be gathered together. They will appoint for themselves one leader. They will go up from the land for great will be the day of Jezreel. The light is burning. The lantern is burning. Can you just go back in time with me uh, uh, quite a few years ago to the beginning of the people of God, to the beginning of the Jews, where uh, in Genesis 22, 16 through 18, God speaking to Abraham, the father of the nation of Israel, he said, because you have not withheld your only son from me, I will bless you. I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand, and as the sand which is on the seashore. Your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. We had to go back there. There's... There's three children that Gomer has. And I, without a doubt, God's showing Israel their demise. And with Jezreel being born, God will scatter you and he'll punish you. Lo, Rahama, God will not have compassion on you, but he'll have compassion on another. Lo, am I, a total rejection, total disowning. But then there's this promise, this, this light right here, this promise of mercy, the future promise of oneness, of of their people and oneness of a leader and this promise of you're going to be my people. This oneness of you're going to be God's people. Look, look at the description. After all the utter destruction, then comes the light. It's, look at the description to see the promise of mercy's light. The, 110, he says, it will be said to you, where it was said, you're not my people, it says, you are the sons of the living God, and the number of you will be like the sand on the seashore. They will no longer be children of harlotry, but they will be sons of the living God. So, if, as we saw last week, the descendants of Abraham are not the true church, 
Remember last week, some have been cut off so that the Gentiles can be grafted in. The question right here to, in my heart, and I have to ask, and you have to ask, who are the descendants of Abraham then? Who are the descendants of Abraham? Who's this promise of mercy for? Who are the seed of Abraham that is going to be like the sand of the seashore? God promised to Abraham, and then if you continue looking at Isaac and Jacob, and then God comes to Jacob and says to Jacob, I'm going to make your descendants like the sand that's on the seashore. He promises it again and again. But it's a promise of covenant from God to Abraham and to his descendants. And you're going to say, well, who are the descendants of Abraham if they were all cut off? And then God comes in and says, here's the light. All your descendants are going to be like the sand that's on the seashore. You who are not my people, you're going to be sons of the living God. You've got to answer those questions. You know from last week, Abraham's descendants according to the flesh, some have been cut off so Gentiles could be grafted in. Who are these descendants that cannot be measured or numbered? Who are these people that will be called the sons of the living God? You've got to go to Galatians. You've got go, you to bounce through the Scripture. You've got to bounce it through. And you go to Galatians and the question I got to answer my first right off the bat when I went to Abraham in the beginning says your seed who is that seed the seed Galatians answers the question who is the seed of Genesis 22:18 that all the nations are blessed in your seed look at Galatians 3:8 and 9 3:8 and 9 the scripture God speaking his word, foreseeing that God himself would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham the believer, so the answer to that question is, who is the seed that God was talking to Abraham? It says, in your seed all the nations will be blessed. Look at verse 16. Then he'll really answer it. Watch. Verse 16, he, it says, of, of, of Galatians 3, verse 16, he says, Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. God does not say, and to seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one and to your seed. And look who it is. That is Christ. So God comes to Abraham, and God tells Abraham, in your seed, all the nations will be blessed, but your seed will be like the sand on the seashore. Your seed will be like the stars in the heaven. So we understand from Galatians 3, 8, and 9, and 16, the seed is Christ who will bless all the nations, Jew and Gentile, but I still got to know who are the descendants that are, can't be numbered and measured. Keep reading Galatians. Scroll down to verse 26. Let's start right there. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. <laughs> 
For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed, your, clothed yourself with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free man. There's neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are, help, help me out, what does it say? You are Abraham's descendants. You are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. <laughs> so then right away you can back up and say, okay, wait a second, God. Who are the stars in the heaven? Who are the sand on the seashore? And you can go, I am. I am. By faith in Christ Jesus, I'm an heir according to the promise. I belong to Abraham. That's where you could stop and you could find great delight right there. Just praise him. Just praise him. It's hard as an American to say, I'm a descendant of Abraham. <laughs> we come from someone else, right? No, by faith, you come from Abraham, the believer. In Christ Jesus, we are heirs according to promise. We are Abraham's seed, his descendants. And again in Ephesians, Paul in Ephesians he clarifies the mystery of the church, which we, we touched on last week, but Ephesians 3, verses 3 through 6. Look at this. Paul says, By revelation that was made known to me, the mystery that was not made known to the sons of men before as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. He says, to be specific. I'm, I'm going to tell you something specific. This is what the mystery is. It's right here. Gentiles are fellow heirs. Gentiles are fellow members of the body. Gentiles are fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. You say hallelujah? Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Because the gospel comes through Jesus Christ. And now you who are Gentiles can have faith in Christ Jesus and be a fellow partaker, a fellow heir, a fellow member of the body of Jesus Christ with the Jew. It is through the gospel that the true church of God is born. Jesus Christ, God the Son, would come through the line of Abraham and if you don't believe that, you know, you've got to go chase the genealogy of Mary. She's related to King David, and King David is related to Abram. It's, God doesn't make mistakes. They've been trying to prove him wrong for years. So Mary, a virgin, has Jesus, the Son of God, being God. He comes in the flesh. He lives a righteous life. He fulfills the law. He suffers and dies in our place. He's buried and he raises from the grave. And he sits down at the right hand of the throne of God. And he intercedes for sinners that he came to save. Can you say amen? He's interceding at the right hand of God the Father for you and me right now. To the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And the two shall be one, one body, one church, one faith, one God and Father who is over all and through all and in all. To God be the glory. Back to Hosea 1.10. Sorry, I hope you guys are keeping with me on that. Hosea 
10. If you're looking at that verse, it says, So the number of the sons of Israel will be like the sand of the sea. It will be so that it cannot be measured or numbered. And I'm just going to say it, and you already know it, but all those of faith in Jesus Christ are sons of Abraham. And therefore, sons of Isaac, and therefore, sons of Jacob, a.k.a., help me out, also known as Israel. Those who are of faith in Jesus Christ are sons of Israel, not according to the flesh. Marie, I know you want to be according to the flesh, but it's not. It's according to faith. Amen? Mary, I know, I know, part you, but according to the faith. Not according to the flesh, according to faith and where it was said by God. You're not my people. In that place, it will be said, help me out, you are my people. We'll try it again. Where it was said, by God, you are not my people. In that place, it will be said, you are my people. God will say, you are my people. You got to understand, better than that. Mo, can you say, mo better than that. Mo better than that. God doesn't just say, you're my people, you're, you're, you're my betrothed harlot wife. He says more than that. He says, you are sons of the living God. You're sons of the living God. Now, someone posted a Francis Chan video, and I, you, you'll have to go watch it. He, he does all this. and he, he's, he's cool. I'm not cool. He's cool. And he says, he says, how can we as the church not be having godly things going on out here when he is in us? And that's what we are. We're sons of the living God. God gets inside of us. Like Isaiah, Isaiah 63, 16. It says, you are our father. Though Abraham doesn't know us, Israel doesn't even recognize us. You, O oh Lord, you're our Father, our Redeemer, from of old is your name. 64, 8. But now, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We're the clay. You're the potter. You are our potter, and all of us are the works of your hands. You are the works of God's hands. How about we go to the New Testament? Go to John. You may have seen this before. But most of us, I know myself, you read so fast. Well, I don't read fast. But you read over things. And look at John 1, verse 12 and 13. Look at this. But as many as received Jesus Christ, believed in Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor your will, not of what you said, not what you did, but by faith and by the will of God, you are a child of God. You are begotten of God. If that's not enough, go to 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, 9, 9 and 10. 1 Peter, is it already up on the board? 
First Peter 2, 9 and 10. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. You are a chosen race. Chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. And listen, look at the rest of the verse. You were not a people. Okay, whoa, wait. We are a royal priesthood, a chosen race, a holy nation, people for God's own possession. We can proclaim his excellencies. He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We were once not a people. That sounds like Hosea. You were in that place that said, you're not my people? He's saying, yeah, you are my people, he says. For you were once not my, you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I'm saying, who's, who's Peter talking to? And you know what? Who's Peter talking to? I don't know. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, verse 1 and 2. He says, Peter, an apostle of Christ Jesus. And he says, this is who I'm writing to. Those who are reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and sprinkle with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, God, is, Peter is speaking to all those who are chosen by God, Jew and Gentile, to you. He's talking to you. So then, verse 11 of Hosea 1, all the way back to Hosea 1, verse 11. The sons of Judah and the sons of Israel will be gathered together. And you, because you know the mystery of the Gentiles being grafted in, you remember from last week of Romans 11.25 that after the fullness of the Gentiles come into salvation, into Christ Jesus and are part of the church, then God saves the remnant of Israel. Hosea is prophesying right now that these two divided kingdoms, the southern and the northern kingdom, will, that are at odds, they are divided and hostile, they are in hostility toward one another for all these years, they will be gathered together and will together appoint for themselves one leader. They will go up from the land and great will be the day of Jezreel. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 50, verse 4 and 5, he says, In those days and at that time, declares the Lord, the sons of Israel will come, both they, both they and the sons of Judah as well. They will go along weeping as they go, and it will be the Lord their God that they're seeking. They will ask, where's the way to Zion? They will turn their faces in its direction. They're going to put their face toward Jesus and Zion. They're going to come and they're going to join themselves to the Lord in an everlasting covenant that will not be forgotten. Ezekiel 37, 21-22 Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will take the sons of Israel from among the nations where they've gone out there. I gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel and one king. 
will be king for all of them. They will no longer be two nations, no longer be divided into two kingdoms. They'll no longer defile themselves with idols or their detestable things. They'll no longer play the harlot. For great will be the day of Jezreel. All of this really to open you guys up to know that the lantern is still lit. The lantern is still lit. There's still time for surrender. God's not scattering. God is no longer scattering his people. But Hosea 1.11 says he's going to gather them together on, under one leader. God has made a way for mercy. But the fact is, it's always been there. It's been there since before the foundation of the world. It was there for Adam and Eve. It was there for Noah. It was there for Moses. It was there for David, for Judah, for Israel. It was there, and it's there for you and me. One more cross-reference text. Jeremiah 30. Well, in the Old Testament. Jeremiah, before Ezekiel, Jeremiah 30, 21 through 22. Jeremiah speaks of this one leader that will approach God and gain mercy and grace for them and be a light of mercy for all who surrender. Look at Jeremiah 30, 21. Their leader shall be one of them. And rulers shall come forth from their midst. I will bring him near and he shall approach me. For who would dare to risk his life to approach me, declares the Lord. And through this one leader, you will be my people and I will be your God. You got to answer that with, you got to answer it with Ephesians 2. You You do. Ephesians 2, verse 13 through 19. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who made the two into made the two groups into one, broke down the barrier, the dividing wall, abolished in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, so that in, him saw, in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, reconciling them both in one body to God through the cross by having put to death the enmity, and he came. Jesus came and preached peace to you who were near and peace to you, you who were far away. One leader, who would dare risk their life to come and approach God? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born and came in the flesh, lived a perfect life, and took our sin on his back and approached the throne of God and said, crucify me for the sin of the world. And abolished, abolished in his flesh the enmity. He removed anything in the way so we can be reconciled to God. We can come to him no longer two, but one body to God through the Spirit. And you see it, for through him 
We both have our access in one spirit to the Father. We're no longer strangers and aliens. We're fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. You got, had to answer that leader there. That's Jesus Christ. The one leader who dares risk his life to approach God. But you got to notice something in Hosea 1.11 that when God, at this time when God gathers them together and he's gathering these saints, the leader's not forced upon them contrary to their consent, nor does he force himself upon them, but he is in fact appointed the leader by the people of God. With one heart, one mind, they appoint Jesus Christ. You are one leader. He's the captain of all salvation. He is the light of all men and shines in darkness and all who surrender and believe in His name shall be saved and are sons of the living God. And there it is. That's the connection. He's the light. He's shining in this darkness. All who surrender, all who believe in His name shall be saved and are sons of the living God. And so I say, surrender and unite to Him, Christ the King, the light of all men. This is a quote from E.B. Pusey. I think that's how you say his name. Pusey regarding this new title, Sons of the Living God. He says, it was the special sin of Israel, the source of all his other sins, that he had left the living God to serve idols. And in the times of the gospel, not only should he own God as his God, but he should have the greatest of all gifts, that the living God, the fountain of all life, of the life of nature, of grace, of glory, should be his Father, should communicate to him that life which he has and is. For he who is life imparts life. God does not only pour into the souls of his elect grace and faith, hope and love, or all the manifold gifts of his Spirit, but he, the living God, he makes us to be his living sons by his spirit dwelling in us, by whom he adopts us as sons, through whom he gives us his grace. For by his spirit he adopts us as sons. God not only account, accounteth us, but he makes us his sons. He makes us sons, not outwardly, but inwardly. Not by inward grace alone, but by his spirit. God is our father. Not by nature, but by grace. He gives us of His substance, of His nature dwelling in us and makes us partakers of the divine nature. I mean, do you hear all that? I would love for you to hear Francis Chan because he goes right back. The reason why we're shining God's glory in is because He puts substance of Himself within us and He says, and He makes you His son. You're my son. And now you start to reflect and look like your father because he's in you. And this quote goes on to say, sons, sons of the living God must be living by him and to him by his life, yea, through himself living in us. So much, I'm saying so much. And I don't want to lose you. 
I, I want you to see that God had put a siege around Israel and was saying, utter destruction's coming. But I want you to see that he kept that lantern burning. All these years, God has kept the lantern lit and burning night and day for all who will surrender to him. John 8, 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 12, 46, Jesus says, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. John 12, 36, I mean, let's, let's light this thing. John 12, 36, he says, while you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of the light. John 9, 5, he says, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I said, Jesus, but you have left. You came and you were the light of the world and all who follow you, they will not be in darkness. But Jesus, you died and you left. Have you kept the light burning? Have you kept it burning for Israel? Have you promised them that they will be like the sand of the seashore that can't be measured or numbered? You said that in the place that said you're not my people, you'll be my people. And you said, oh God, that you would point, they would appoint one leader and it would be great in the day of Jezreel. God, where is that light? And I'm telling you. The light of mercy is still here and it's still lit. It's always been lit. You just haven't always been able to see it. God is more faithful than Alexander the Great. And God promised that he would deliver and he promised a covenant to Abraham forever. And he will keep that promise. He will not deny himself. And so I say, Israel is not all lost. And I'm talking the true Israel, those who are of faith in Christ Jesus. And I'm saying the light of mercy is still lit. It's still here and it's still lit. Jesus is the light and he is in you. He is in you, you the sons of the living God. In all of you who believe in his name, his light shines through you. So walk as children of light. Okay, we all have heard Matthew 5, 16. We've all quoted it and we all hang on to it. And you know what it says and we usually use it to, about our good works. And that's good, amen. What does it say, Matthew 5, 16? It says, let your light, right, shine in such a way that men see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. <laughs> say amen. That's good. But listen to me. Go back to verses where Jesus started that sentence. Go to Matthew 5.14. And he looks at you. And even though Jesus is gone, Jesus looks at you and says, You 
are the light of the world. What? Let's do it like this. Everybody, I'm going to say Matthew 5.14, and you say, I am the light of the world. Matthew 5.14. I am the light of the world. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You are the lantern that Jesus is holding before all the people of the world saying, surrender and be saved. Surrender and be saved. There's still time. There's still lanterns lit and shining. Come to Jesus. You are the light of the world. Let's do something even more. Okay? Look at each other. I'll say Matthew 5.14. You look at each other and say, you are the light of the world. Let's do it. Look at each other. Matthew 5.14. I don't know what it is, but it's, maybe it's just so convicting and so weighty to say that. I'm like, how can you even say it? I am the light of the world. Only through Jesus Christ. He says it. You are the light of the world. Amen? It just hit me. You're, you're the light of the world. He says, a city on a hill, it cannot be hidden. Anyone who lights a lamp, he doesn't put it under a basket. Why are you lighting your light and put it under a basket? Why are you trying to hide? You are a city on a hill. You are the light of the world. There's going to be people who get saved because of you. There's going to be people that turn to Jesus and surrender their life and get saved because you are shining your light. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You light a lamp, you hit all put under a basket. Where do you put it? You put it where everybody can the house. Everyone in the house can see it. Then he says, Matthew 5 16. Let your light shine before men in such a way. They may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. <laughs> Jesus is in you and he's shining his light through you. And I don't know what it might be. You don't know what it might be, but you know it's good works. You know it's works done by faith. So even if it says, I can forgive as God in Christ Jesus forgave me, I can forgive you. As God loves me when I was hostile and hateful and rejecting of him, he loved me and saved me and rescued me out of the darkness and brought me into his marvelous light. One more time, when I say Matthew 5.14, look at each other and say, you are the light of the world. Matthew 5.14. <laughs> say it with conviction. This is what Jesus said to you. He said, you are the light of the world i never seen it like that before. It humbled me. It humbled me. It dropped me to my knees to see God loves you and thinks so much of you. 
and wants to use you in a mighty, glorious way to save people, to rescue people, to bring them into what? His marvelous light. Shine in such a way. As long as the lantern's lit day and night, there's time to surrender to Jesus Christ and be saved. Saved from sin. Saved from the wrath of God. Saved from darkness. Saved into God's marvelous light to be with Him forever and ever. But when the saints are gathered up, when the saints are gathered together from the earth and God's Spirit is removed and the Lamb of God breaks the seventh seal, the light of the lantern of deliverance will be extinguished and all of the earth and those upon it will be irrevocably given over to destruction. You are the light of the world. Take the basket off your lamp. Get back on the hill and shine in such a way that people see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. God is faithful. He cannot deny Himself. He will do what He promised. And great will be the day of Jezreel. God will sow together his people and be their God and grant them mercy according to his grace. All false religions will perish. All idolatry shall be destroyed. All harlotries will be removed. The whole earth will be delivered from the hand of wickedness. All will be zealous for God and none will be empty handed of offerings to the Lord. And all will worship him in spirit and truth. There will be but one fold, one flock, Jew and Gentile, united, crowning the Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord of all. Great will be the day of Jezreel. Christianity shall be clouded by no stormy contentions. Disfigured by no angry disputes, defiled by no human inventions, dishonored by no unscriptural elements. The earth will no longer be populated with the enemies of God, but will one day be crowded with his friends. Amen? Great will be the day of Jezreel. Christianity one day will be what it was meant to be. Glorious. Glorious. Great will be the day of Jezreel. And all God's people say, Amen. All God's people say, you are the light of the world. All God's people say, uh, a little more. All God's people say, you are the light of the world. Amen. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you so much. You made us the light of the world. You put your spirit in us. You made us sons. You, you put your substance in us that shines this light that's on a hill that's bright and being displayed for all to come, all to surrender and be saved, 
all who will come and believe, Lord. So, Lord, help us. Help us to shine your light. Bright, God. For your glory, for your honor, and your great name, and our eternal joy, God. Be glorified. Be magnified in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.